Good morning, everybody. It is wonderful to see you here today at the Vista, and it is freezing cold. My goodness, it's a week late, but here we are, better late than never in Texas. If we haven't met before, my name is uh, Austin. I get to serve here as one of our lead pastors. If you're here for the first time, man, we are so glad to have you. A lot of us remember how hard it is to go to a church for the very first time, so we hope that you feel loved, welcomed, and wanted, fit right in, and feel at home here at the Vista. As you can tell, we're going to do something a little bit different this, this morning. Instead of a sermon proper, what we're going to do is bring a few of our elders that you don't normally hear from. Uh, you hear from Dave and I all the time. We talk way too much. And so we brought some of our elder, elders out. We're going to look back on 2021 and celebrate God's faithfulness to us as a church. But before we do that, uh, we're going to do something that we like to do at the end of each year, and that is a short little spiritual health like assessment, a short little spiritual health checkup. And so uh, if you've been at Vista for any uh, length of time, you know that we primarily measure spiritual health using something called our discipleship pathway. It's a set of five really simple actions that we ask and expect all of our members to do, worship, connect, give, serve, and go. And so if, if you have your phone, I'm going to invite you to do something that I, you know I would never in a million years invite you to do during church. And that's pull that phone out. If you got it, we're going to take the survey together in church. It's going to take like one minute, I promise. And so if you got your phone, pull it up. Open your camera, put it on the QR code there, and it will open up a link to the survey. If you don't have a camera on your phone, you can just go to the vista.tv slash survey. I feel like all of you are taking my picture right now. Um, should have dressed up nicer. Go to the survey, and we'll walk through it together here. And you can answer honestly. If you answer no to any of these questions, it's not like a, an alarm goes off. You know, we've got a heretic, aisle three, row seven. Um, no, it's just a little way for us to... Gauge our spiritual health together. So question one, I attend worship basically every Sunday I'm in town. We added that basically in there because we're a gracious church, you know. We know you got things to do, but every Sunday you're in town, you attend worship. Number two, I am a part of a small group. Could be a Vista small group, could be a supper club you have, an off-the-grid small group, whatever. We don't care as long as you're in a small group. So that's question number two. Question number three, I regularly give to the church. Question four, I regularly serve in the church, could be in students and kids on Sunday mornings in Regen, you lead a small group, and or the community. So maybe you coach your kids' baseball team, you help out with Boy Scouts, uh, you serve a 411 house with Tony Collins, whatever it is, I regularly serve in the church and or community. Number five, I regularly share my faith and or invite people to church. And then finally, question number six, I practice Vista's rule of life. It doesn't mean that you do it perfectly, but that you try to practice the rule of life. If you do not know what the rule of life is, then you, you probably do not practice it. And so that would be a no for that one, which is again, okay. Uh, and then after that, there's some uh, demographic stuff that you can or can't fill out your call there. Anyways, though, now I'm really excited to pass things off to some of our other elders. I don't know if you know some of them, though, so I'll make a quick introduction before I do. Our first fellow here is Larry Locke. Larry's been at Vista for about eight years. Uh, he's been an elder for two years. Yeah, you, you clap for him. That's great. He, he deserves good. But now you got to clap for everybody. It's going to be really weird, just so you know. Uh, number two, good candidate for a good booing is John Weibel. John is, yeah, he's, he's pretty great. John's been with us. He's been at Vista longer than I have. John's been at Vista around 16 years, ever since right out of college, or maybe during college, uh, John and his wife started attending. He's been an elder for just a few months. And then Jude Austin, Jude Austin there on the end. Yeah, Jude's 
Jude has been at VIS for around four years, uh, whenever they moved back, and uh, he has also been an elder for about six months. And this last guy, I can't play, he looks familiar. Hard to place him, though. Oh, that's, that's Dave. And so I'm going to pass things off first to Larry, and he'll kind of situate us for what we're going to be talking about today. Right. Thanks very much. Can you all hear me okay? Can I get? Yeah, all right. Thanks. So yeah, my name's Larry Locke, and my task this morning is to give you a brief scriptural setting about everything else that we're going to be doing today. There are a number of times in the Bible when God commands his people to recount the good things that he's done and to retell those stories. But for today, we only have to read one of those. So why don't you follow along as I read Joshua 4, verses 1 to 7. When the entire nation was on the other side, the Lord told Joshua, select for yourselves 12 men from the people, one per tribe. Instruct them, pick up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from the very place where the priests stand firmly, and carry them over with you and put them in the place where you camp tonight. Joshua summoned the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one per tribe. Joshua told them, go in front of the ark of the Lord your God to the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to put a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the Israelite tribes. The stone will be a reminder to you. When your children ask someday, why are these stones important to you? Tell them how the water of the Jordan stopped flowing before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the water of the Jordan stopped flowing. These stones will be a lasting memorial for the Israelites. So in this story, Joshua has just brought all the Israelites across the Jordan River into the promised land. And it wasn't easy. Because if you back up to chapter 3, it tells us that the Jordan was actually in flood stage at that time. In fact, flooded so much that it had overflowed its usual boundaries. Now, crossing the Jordan would never be like crossing the Mississippi or something like that. It's just a much smaller river. But my son-in-law, the triathlete, was there a few years ago and said that, ah, you know, it's not the widest or the deepest river, but you wouldn't want to try to cross it. It's moving pretty quick and the bottom is very slippery. He didn't think he could get across that river um, without maybe a rope or something to hold on to. But for the Israelites, instead of a rope, God recreates this parting of the Red Sea experience for them, right? And he commands these very brave priests carrying a heavy box covered in gold to just step out into this flooded river. And when they do, the water just separates and dries up on both sides. And the whole nation of Israel crosses through the middle, picking up 12 stones from the bottom of the river to commemorate that whole event. Now, why does God command the Israelites to set up this memorial of his deliverance? Why does he repeatedly command us, his people, to recount the good things that he's done? One of the reasons is because he wants us to learn how to trust him. He wants us to remember how when we face 2021 in the middle of a global pandemic with multiplying variants and with social and political unrest 
all over the world and with supply chain breakdown that was so terrible it was impossible to buy a car or order a sandwich or do anything it seemed right in the midst of all of that God blessed his people at this church God is telling us hey Vista don't freak out right just chill relax he has been with us and for all the hardship that's been experienced here and abroad and I would never minimize it it's real hardship but for all the hardship that's been experienced he has worked powerfully in our midst this year and my brothers are going to describe that to you but listen carefully because God doesn't want you to trust him just so that you can go home sleepy and satisfied. He wants you to trust him because you're going to need that trust for the next thing he's going to call you to do. You're going to need to know that you can trust him and rely on him because of the challenges he's going to bring to you in the year ahead and the risky situations in which he might place you and call you to be obedient. The timing of these episodes, like Joshua 4 in the Bible, is very instructive. The next time you see these priests, the ones in Joshua 4 holding the ark in the middle of the dry riverbed, the next time you see those priests carrying the ark will be in Joshua 6, and they'll be marching around the walls of Jericho, a giant walled city, because God told them that if they march around it carrying this box and blow some trumpets, they would storm the city. And they would take it that way. Right? That takes some trust, right? To be able to do something like that. <clears throat> As you listen to these fellows report to you about what the Lord has done at Vista this year, listen for where the Lord might be calling you to join him. Why you need to trust him for your year ahead. What commitment is he asking you to make this year? What risk is he calling on you to take that you need trust in order to be able to take it on? It might be as scary as attacking a giant walled city with a shofar. It may be as scary as taking on a whole classroom of preschoolers. But when we've all been reminded about how faithful God has been to us, then we can trust him for all the challenges that are to come. All right, off you go, gents. All right. So it's a good, perfect segue because I'm starting with the kids' ministry. And so it, it may at times seem like the walls of Jericho are coming down, but you're okay, I promise. No, honestly, guys, we have an incredible kids' ministry. Ross and his staff, uh, Katie, Haley, and Kelsey, they do an amazing job. We have 1,000 kids. Yeah, go ahead, clap for them. They do an incredible job. We have around a thousand kids that regularly go through our kids' ministry. I mean, just think about like the impact that that's going to have on future generations. As those kids are told week after week that God loves them, as they're taught what wisdom is, as they're taught what um, generosity is, as they're taught what kindness is, just week after week, those things are going to make a lasting impact as they go out to school, as they continue to grow. Uh, into becoming followers of Christ and going out into our community and blessing it. We had 22 kids in 2021 get baptized. 
Um, we had, now, th- uh, yeah, that's another one we can clap for. The ministry would not be able to function at the level that it functions without volunteers, too. And that's what's incredible, y'all. We have 350 people volunteer to make the kids' ministry run Sunday mornings, Wednesday nights, and all the other things that they do. And that is, is something that is um, just so incredible to see people stepping out in faith and trust and using what God has given them, their talents, to go in and to just love on kids. Um, and we just, we, are, we encourage you guys, if that's something that you're kind of like, maybe I could give that a shot, um, we just encourage you, go talk to Ross. He will find the place for you to serve. We also doubled the number of um, small groups that these kids, uh, the elementary kids can attend uh, on Wednesday nights. We, we doubled the number of those. Um, and we also provided um, weekend meals to 60 kids that uh, go to Miller Heights Elementary um, that experience um, food insecurity. And so we were able to provide uh, all of last year for 60 kids meals for the weekend. Um, moving on to student ministry, uh, Chris and Emma, yet again, just another ministry that is just doing so well. They minister to over 250 students, uh, sixth grade through uh, seniors in high school. Uh, and they are doing an incredible job. There's one fan over there for sure. Um, they also that, was hundred, that was Chris. That was Chris. Oh, that was Chris. Okay. All right, Chris. Um, they also have 150 students that are in small groups, which is just so key because that those small groups. I mean, uh, let's be honest. Anybody under the age of 20 or over the age of 25, like the the informative years that that these kids are going through, is vastly different than what we went through. Um, you know, they're, they're just seeing and experiencing things that we, we are not, and they are going through um, just, they're needing more and more depth of relationship when it comes to people that they can trust. And so Chris told me that they have incredible leaders that will come and join, and say they join like the seventh grade boys. They'll join in with the seventh grade, and they will go to eighth grade with them, and then go to ninth grade with them all the way through high school. So those, those kids are getting a deeper relationship with an adult that's pouring into them week after week, month after month, and year after year. And that is so vital for those kids to be able to go to somewhere and, and, and trust someone to open them up about what they're going through. Um, so as Larry said earlier, if that's something that kind of tugs on you, you might be willing to commit to that. Chris told me that there have been a few um, leaders that have had to move away recently, and so they would love uh, people that we could, could jump in in that capacity. Um, Chris also said that it's been interesting in 21, there's been a lot of kids that have come that don't have family that come to Vista. They're coming to the student ministry, and this is their only church atmosphere that they've ever come to, and it's because kids are inviting them into that ministry and saying, hey, come and join. So again, another example of how vitally important it is to have people willing to commit to those kids as they go through their informative years. Um, moving on to college and young adults, Sydney has done just an incredible job. She's developed a leadership team that has helped her. There we go. Was that you, Sydney? No? Okay. Um, they've just done an incredible job. Um, they, the, the college ministry has around 100 kids coming weekly to Vespers. They also added two more small groups in 21 to, for a total of seven college small groups. Um, and they've also switched to a more of a discussion-based where they're around tables for Vespers. They're able to open up and, and share what's going on with their life and then take the teaching that's taught and, and how it applies to them and, and discuss uh, between you know, peers about what their experience is. It's been uh, great to see the authenticity and the deeper relationships formed out of that. The Young Adults Ministry, we, we didn't have one really in 21. It was started from scratch. Sydney's uh, done an incredible job of starting that. Sydney said that several people have come to Vista 
solely because there, there wasn't a young adult ministry around. They, they searched on Google and were like, young adult ministry, and sure enough, they found it here at the end of our body because of that. So it's, it's good to hear that, um, that that is being something that, that our community needs, um, and we are meeting that need. They started six small groups, and they also have the table, which is a once-a-month gathering up here um, where they come and they, they get to have incredible worship and, and, and good teaching. And so it's just really cool to hear that that, that ministry is started and thriving um, so a quick story from the college ministry. Um, Sydney told me that a young lady named Sophia, she came as a freshman to UMHB in, in, in August, and she, she had kind of grown up in some church and, and never really taken the faith on for herself um, and, and made it her own. And when she came to uh, college, you know, it's just one of those times where you kind of start to, to think and search about things, and she just had a lot of questions and a lot of doubts. And she came to Vista, and, and through the college ministry and through those relationships and discussions, she felt the freedom to, to talk about some of the doubts and talk through some of the things that she was going through and why she had you know, questions about God. And through that, she was able to just ultimately say, you know what, no, this, God is who he says he is, and I believe Jesus. And she took that faith on for herself. And you might have seen Sydney got to baptize her um, in a, a couple months ago. I think there's a picture up there. So just an incredible story of God's faithfulness there. Um, also, Sophia, not only you know, did, did it happen, but she's now decided to jump in. She jumped in, and she's leading one of the small groups for the, the kids on Wednesday nights. So just incredible to see what God's doing there through the young adults in the college ministry. Um, on to small groups, um, Nick and Sarah are doing just an incredible job with small groups. Um, we just want to pause here and say, guys, like our church, the foundation of it is small groups. You will hear from the stage all the time. And we, as your leaders, are saying you got to get involved in a small group because that is where change can happen. You hear Nick say all the time, you know, change happens over time and in the context of community. Um, he, you know, we want to be a church that, does, that doesn't just have small groups. No, we want to be a church of small groups. And so if you have not had a chance to join one, talk to Nick, talk to Sarah, take that step uh, and, and join. Because I, I, I can just speak from personal experience. That is where life change happened for me. Seven, eight years ago, I jumped with a small group and those people are now, I'm living life with them. And they have had a massive impact on my walk with Christ and, and how I live out the gospel. And I just encourage you guys that, that take that step um, this past year, I don't know if y'all remember, we did the six weeks challenge. We added 33 new small groups. 350 people decided to join in 2021, which is incredible to see. Um, Steve Brischke was supposed to be doing this part, but his family kind of um, came under the weather. But he asked me to tell this story because he was he was going to share it. Um, that he he's been in a small group um, with the same families for over five years, and that this past year, just getting to live life together and see things happen as their kids grow up. Uh, his son, Drew, and then Mike and Lauren Russell, Lauren's our executive pastor, their son, Cole, and then Elizabeth Moore and her son, Duncan. They all accepted Christ and got to be baptized in 2021. So that group got to celebrate God's faithfulness together, which is just, again, another incredible thing to see. Well, and it's actually when he would, he, he, I called him, uh, I guess, about Wednesday, and I said, hey, you know, I'd love to bring you a meal because we're friends or whatever because I knew he was, they, were, they were sick. And he goes, oh, well not tonight or tomorrow or the day after or the day after because all my small group have already taken up all the nights. And it's like, Dad, come in. Okay, you got to tell me when. He's like, we're going to be better by then. It's like, okay, fine. <laughs> so just in cool, incredible to see what, what community can, can be to people. So highly encourage you guys to jump in in that. And then lastly, Regen. Um, 
Regeneration, if you don't know what that is, it's a ministry that meets here on Monday nights. Um, it is just a recovery ministry that helps people struggling with anything. It's not just like chemical addiction. Of, of course, that, that can be, if you're struggling with something like that, that, that is the place for you. But it's also for people struggling with pride or struggling with lust or struggling with anxiety or any, anything that, that you see consistently in your life, a, a pattern in your life, and you're going, I want to I get past that. Regen is for you, and it's an incredible, incredible 12-step deal that you go through and you, you rethink who you are. You find your identity in Christ, and you find freedom in Christ. And it's just, a, I highly recommend it. Um, if you want more information on that, talk to Nick about it. Um, like I said, it meets up here on Monday nights. Just a quick story from, from this past year. A young lady named uh, Dana, she, she came last year. She went through the whole process. She graduated from Regen program in August. And at her graduation, uh, Nick got to t- talk to her mom because they invite family members to come to the graduation. And her mom was there talking with Nick about things. And, you know, Nick's like, so, you know, what, what's the kind of big difference? Have you seen a lot of difference? And she's just talking through things. And, you know, she starts tearing up. And she, she does say there's so much different in her life. And she says, honestly, it's changed my life, too. I used to go to bed fully clothed. I used to put my phone on my table and plug it in and turn it all the way up volume-wise. I used to have my keys in my wallet on my nightstand because I never knew if I was going to get that call from from someone that's found Dana or something's happened to her um, because of a a drug addiction that she struggled with. And she she looked at Nick through tears and said, I can sleep in pajamas. (laughs) And as, as funny as it is, it's so cool to see God's faithfulness working through that ministry. And now, uh, Dana, she, she's graduated, and she came to Nick and said, hey, this has had such an impact on me. I want to step in in a leadership role. And so now she's leading a small group in Regent. So just an incredible story to see God's faithfulness there. Okay, I have the um, awesome opportunity to talk to you guys about missions and about giving and how um, the work that Jonah and his team and the generosity that you guys have to give, whether it's 10 cents or however much you give, um, serves this community, right? This has been a tough year, you know, this past year, 2021. And and even through that um, toughness, when there's insecurity or instability in the community, the church stands firm. Um, and so I'm going to talk to you guys a little bit about how the church has stood firm and served this community in different capacities, right? So as I talk, I'm going to throw out some numbers of how we've, um, how much we've given, how much we've served. But pay attention to the places that I talk about, because if you feel called to serve in those places, contact Jonah or anybody who on the leadership team, and you can get plugged into those ministries in those different areas, right? So here's a couple areas. So we gave um, more than $50,000 in emergency financial assistance to families um, in this church and in the community. Right? More than $50,000 to families who struggled throughout this year, lost jobs, relocated, go through all kinds of stuff. Right? We were able to serve those families in emergency needs. Um, we gave more than $14,000 for school supplies for kids who are going up to school. Um, eight, $18,000, over $18,000 uh, for holiday meals for families who struggled during holiday times to get meals and turkeys and all of that stuff. And um, we were able to serve them in that way. And we also gave um, 25000 to Family Promise um, to build the Promise Home. The Promise House is for families who are transitioning out of homelessness or from one home to another. So this pr- Promise House allows them to be sheltered and transition into more permanent home. Right? 
Um, we were able to give um, $20,000 to Impact Temple, um, church that serves Temple. A majority of their population is homeless population. So we were able to give them uh, money to, uh, to serve or to, to start a kids and family uh, pastor, that role to help serve that community. Um, we were also able to give um, $10,000 to a coffee shop in Peru. Um, and that coffee shop is special because it employs individuals in Peru who are deaf, right? So those individuals would struggle to find jobs otherwise. This helps them um, find a job, get some money, find some stability in Peru. Um, we were also able to give um, $25,000 uh, to serve life, um, to start up a new orphanage, right? This is taking care of kids who wouldn't otherwise have places to go um, on the streets, serving them in that way, um, building that orphanage. And then there's a picture of the yearly event called For the City. Um, this event um, is done yearly. We had 330, over 330 people give more than 1,000 hours of community service in that event, right? Um, 330 people. That's members of the church, members of the community, giving their time, right? And then the last thing, I wanted to talk about, right, uh, because of the generosity of you guys, because it, we were able to have this awesome building, right? I mean, we didn't just want this building to be a building. Um, and so I don't know if you guys remember Snowpocalypse. Um, we're coming up on the anniversary. Feels like it's happening again. I know. So I went to bed. It was 77 degrees. I woke up. Uh, we're in Antarctica. Uh, <laughs> so anyway. Um, put your waters on drip. I don't know what's going to happen. Who knows? Um, so anyway, so doing snowpocalypse last year, um, a local nursing home, um, a water main broke in that, um, in that nursing home. It flooded the nursing home. Um, and they were looking for places, right? The individuals, the residents spent a day there um, and they were struggling. And so we opened up um, this building um, for that um, nursing home. We were able to serve um, 60 residents, right? Volunteers from that nursing home, volunteers from, from this church community, from the community, um, transform this place right where you guys are sitting um, to help those residents um, sleep and be warm and get food and feel protected, right? Temple ISD ran buses to transport them, right? Now remember, like Snowpot, we were all going through something in some capacity. And so individuals, members of this church, people sitting to your left and your right and behind you, um, decided to serve, right? And sacrifice that time and brave and face the snow, you know? Um, <clears throat> that shows you that generosity and God's faithfulness can serve this community so well. And so we just appreciate all of the generosity that you guys have. I feel like um, I could just listen to Jude talk all day long. Jude's a therapist, and so he has one of these just soothing voices, you know? If you're stressed or anxious, just listen That's to strange. Jude talk for a while. It's fantastic. Um, I appreciate, you know, you guys sharing... Um, you know, Larry mentioned this, but over and over and over in, in Scripture, God calls His people to continually stop and remember and celebrate God's goodness. Um, and I know in a, sort of our fast-paced lives, uh, we're always looking ahead to the next thing, right? 2022, and, and, and what, what's God have for us in 2022? And that's important. Um, but it's really important for God's people to also stop and reflect and remember and celebrate 
um, God's goodness. And that's what today has been about. Um, just We know that on any given week, we don't have, have a lot of time um, to, to just share stories and, and numbers and some of those things. And so, um, that's what we wanted to do today, was just let you hear a little bit. Uh, maybe some of you are involved in a particular ministry here, but you may not know what's going on in another ministry. And so, Today has just been about, again, remembering God's faithfulness and God's goodness. And, and one thing we shared in the first service is, you know, when we built this building, uh, one thing we talked a lot about was that we didn't want to spend just an exorbitant amount of money on a building that's going to get used, you know, one day a week for a few hours. Um, we wanted to build a place that um, could be used regularly, consistently throughout the week um, to be a blessing to our, our community. And so hopefully you've been able to hear in some of these stories that that's, that's what we've been able to do when we're, uh, you come up here just about any night of the week, there is, there is something going on from region to men's or women's Bible studies, uh, kids events, student events, uh, young adult college events. Um, we've been able to open up the doors for, again, like the nursing home or uh, disaster relief. And so to us, that is, uh, that is really important. That, that our building itself can be, a, can be a blessing and can be a ministry. And so we're really excited about what God's been able to do. And, and I would just reiterate again that none of these things are possible without the generosity of our people, like Jude talked about. And so I just want to say thank you for being generous this year. Uh, again, we've had this pandemic that continually just goes on and on, and uh, it's been a difficult season for a lot of people, but we have, uh, we've never missed budget. We, met, we exceeded budget again this year, and we were able to do more than we've ever done. And again, that's only possible uh, when God's people choose to be generous. And so thank you guys for, for that. Um, we don't have, uh, again, a whole lot else for you this morning. wanted you to, to be able to hear some of these stories and celebrate and remember the faithfulness and the goodness of God. Um, Jordan's going to come back out, and he's going to just lead us in a song um, where, where we, again, we can celebrate and remember that. Uh, I'm going to pray for us, and then uh, we will get off the stage because we're not singers. I don't know if you know that or not. We're not, we're not even backup singers. Uh, and so we're going to get off the stage and let, and let Jordan come. But thank you guys for braving the weather today and being here um, as we celebrate and remember God's faithfulness. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for just your unbelievable grace and your goodness to us. Um, Father, it is, uh, it's something that we, we certainly don't deserve and, and we certainly can't earn, um, but we are grateful for it. And, and so, Father, we're just, um, God, we're, in, we're just amazed um, every single day, every single week, uh, that you continue to work and move among your people. We're thankful this year for the lives that have been changed uh, by the power of the gospel. Um, we're grateful, God, for the marriages that have been saved, for the people that have overcome strongholds and addictions in their life. God, we're grateful for the growth in our, our kids and student and college ministries. We're grateful, Father, for the, the team of people, staff, and volunteers that you have placed here. Lord, I pray for all of us that as we look forward into the new year, God, that you might uh, challenge us uh, to think about the step we need to take. Um, God, whatever that may be. Maybe it's a step into service somewhere. Maybe it's a, a step into community uh, somewhere this year. Um, Father, uh, maybe it's a step into more generosity. But God, as we think about a new year and we make commitments and resolutions, God, I pray that we would all uh, just reflect on, on what steps you want us to take in our faith journey this year, and then I pray that we would be faithful to do that. So, God, we love you, and thank you again for this time. 
We pray this today in Jesus' name. Amen.